TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network. I am Mags, and with me again, my podcast wife, Mr. Paul Talley. Paul, how are you? I'm feeling shit. I I forgot to bring a a cake or a present. I'm still waiting for the present. Matt's promised me a a stripper called Boris. (laughs) I'm sure that is on the way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just Matt rocking up. <laughs> how, how are you? I mean, I've, I've never, I've never seen so many um, birthday wishes, what, not even for like the, a Pope or Obama. What do you get? I'm, I'm the big fish, allegedly. This is, this is what happens. Everyone uh, loves a bit of fish. How does, how did I get so many birthday wishes? I'm a fucking moron from the north of England. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand wrestling Twitter, uh, but. Yeah, it was it was nice to hear, especially in this kind of era where it's the days meld into one. Uh, so it it wasn't kind of a special day in terms of I did anything particularly special, but yeah, it was cool to get a uh, a lot of uh, love and affection from wrestling Twitter. They love me today. Next week they'll they'll hate me again. So swings and roundabouts. <laughs> Just delete the old tweets. <laughs> yeah. um, how how's uh, how's your day been? my day mm-hmm. same old same old try, tr- trying to teach and trying to work at the same time and trying to be a chef and you know oh jesus christ cut that last one straight out we won't go there <laughs> um well let's let's introduce today's guest today's guest is uh from a, a podcast called uh it's our house podcast um a very new podcast come on and, and really kind of uh shook up the the wrestling podcast landscape. It's uh, Chris Dees. Chris, how are you, sir? Hello, hello. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I am as good as any of us can be at the moment. Um, obviously a bit up and down, but then Nia Jax did what she did last night and everything's <laughs> good with the world again. So, <laughs> it was, I mean, I don't watch Raw. Um, I catch a lot of my kind of main roster uh, WWE off social media and off, off like YouTube. But Jesus Christ, that's been one of the funniest things. That and the Weetabix and Beans memes has been the best thing of on Twitter today. I thought um, I thought we'd already hit peak 2021 with the um, the weekend little Hall of Mirrors thing from the Super Bowl, and then literally like what two days later, a day later, Naya goes and rips her ass all open. <laughs> so... I can't wait till you to show that that that's your ringtone. Because uh, for <laughs> ripping, ripping the audio, that is just yes, a, yes, my I've home, got, um, my home. I've got, uh, I've got an app that I need to do it on. I am excited. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Vince is still cool. laughing about that. It, she's going to do that every week now for the next yep. six or seven months <laughs> because it yeah. because it's got eyes on the product. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you hear something, it just makes you giggle like just constantly over and over again. That that is Vince McMahon now. He's giggling all week. Yeah, he loves Walking that street, stuff, giggling. He? Like the toilet humour. Oh, he loves it. I've not seen it on YouTube, but I assume they've kept it in. 
because that will be getting that will be getting some serious views on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I think I read somewhere it was taken out of the edit, but I, I, I what they muted it. Yeah, but you never trust what you what you read on Twitter. I'm not. I, I've not seen it with my own eyes. That'll go in Vince's personal collection. <laughs> <laughs> who told us? Who told us the story about him uh, laughing at his own farts? Oh, what? what? Do you know, I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember a story that he he, uh, he got a coach arrested, and he was uh, laughing laughing hard at that, like he was as if he was like gambling, like because I think it's illegal in some areas in, in America to gamble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he yeah got, that one. He got coach arrested, and like he ruined the police back. Of the police car, Vince is there just laughing his head off. Is 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 he loves just. Base humour, like all of us, I suppose. He does. Apparently, he's sharing a hotel room with, with a wrestler. I can't remember who it was. And, and this wrestler said he was just, <laughs> Vince was just farting and laughing all night. Wow, <laughs> just entertaining himself. But yet you sneeze and you get fired. Yeah, weird. <laughs> anyway, so Chris, uh, tell us about uh, Itchy House podcast because, like I said, it's not been going uh, going around that long. But you've certainly uh, made some waves. Uh, yeah, uh, tell us uh, all about it. Uh, well, first off, I just very quickly YouTubed it, and they have bleeped out what Naya said. But it's got it's got about <laughs> got about seven hundred thousand views, so people are trying to find it. Um, right, yeah. So it's I've got the audio. If people want it. <laughs> uh, with the podcast, we've been going for about it's about mid October we started, so just coming up to about three months. We've had some really cool guests on. We have guests from Ring of Honor, Impact. Uh, we've got some we've got some really cool names lined up. Some XWWE. So that's sort of our, our main thing is interviewing guests, getting to know them, a little bit of background on them, and just, you know, just sort of like shooting the shit with them, really. Um, we're trying to branch out soon and, and get some guests from maybe different areas, different sports. Um, we've had comedians on and things like that in the past as well. Um, honestly, it's, it's not too dissimilar from from you guys. You know, we, we just like getting together. We just like chatting, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than anything at the minute it's a nice escape you know getting away from from how mundane everything is at the moment getting together once or twice a week and just having a laugh and that's i think that's the main thing for us we just have fun you know we, we really enjoy doing what we're doing we want it to be long term um yeah yeah that's 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 it really we do like lists we do reviews we've done some retro mania reviews and things like that as well so we've got a lot of ideas a lot of things planned um yeah yeah, I've I've seen the 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 two episodes with uh, the the referee uh, and the ring announcer from RCW. Uh, really good work, yeah. Uh, really impressive to say you've been going so uh, for such a short time and uh, having the 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 deal with uh, wrestling pins as well. Yeah, you've you've uh, done quite a lot in yeah. your in your short time so far. Yeah, yeah, wrestling pins have been great. Um, really, really good little company. They're sort of fairly fairly new to the to the game as well but they've got some awesome awesome products really good guys they've done loads for us um yeah we've had some really good guests um we we started off with grado which was was really cool you know didn't wow, expect starting, to get started heavy yeah <laughs> um and we've got some we've, we've got potentially one coming up soon which is massive before we start the podcast this was my sort of like end game like my my goal of who to get on as a guest so if we could get this, I'd basically I'd be done. I'd just retire after that. <laughs> no need. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him if he does laugh at his own farts. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, Chris, um, seeing as you've never been on Badlands before, uh, what we like to uh, get from our guests is uh, is their Mount Rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time so we can, can uh, come up with a definitive uh, Mount Rushmore because it's one of the most subjective arguments in wrestling. Everybody's got their own opinions and, and viewpoints and we want to kind of nail down what are the, the four very best wrestlers uh, in the world. So who are your four uh, and a little bit of an explanation why each one kind of makes the cut. Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, it's it's quite WWF slash WWE heavy because it's just sort of always been what I've known. Um, I first of all, I've got Hulk Hogan. I think that's pretty. You know, everybody's got, like, as you say, their own opinions on a Mount Rushmore, and I've changed mine so many times over the years um, for no particular reason. Just I, I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about that guy. Um, Hulk Hogan has always stayed in there. If if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, I don't think we'd have. We would probably have wrestling in some form, but not nearly on the scale and, you know, the mainstream level that it's at now. He did so much, so much for the industry, helped to bring in the rock and wrestling era. Um, think about like, you know, friends of people like Cindy Lauper and Mr. T and things like that. You know, I think he I think he helped to help to get a lot of eyes on on wwf that wouldn't necessarily because you know there's as we all know there's always been that stigma around wrestling even 40 odd years ago um hulk hogan made it kind of cool and it, it doesn't really to me it doesn't matter what he's done since obviously people's opinions of the guy have changed a lot over the years especially in recent years um but i think if you just look at it purely from a my mount rushmore is based on importance it's, it's not based on money or drawing power or anything like that. It's who meant the most to me and who was important to me. So Hulk Hogan, easily. Um, likewise, my next one would be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you know, I think back to, to when I was properly growing up. I was born in 89. I was starting to really get into wrestling around sort of 95, 96, 97 sort of time. Um, so, yeah, when I think the... Attitude Era, I think, like most people, when you think of the Attitude Era, you think of Stone Cold, you think of The Rock, but Stone Cold really defined that whole era for me. I loved loved so much the whole everyday working man kind of vibe, hates his boss. We've all <laughs> wanted to do what Stone Cold did to his boss. You know, we've all wanted to beat the shit out of our boss, tell him what we really think. Um, he was a bit of a rebel. He, was, he just didn't give a damn. And as, you know, as a kid growing up, I didn't really give a damn, and so he just appealed to me. Um, yeah, I think he's every bit as important as Hogan. Hogan really started to get the ball rolling, but then without, you know, if Hogan, if Austin, sorry, hadn't have won King of the Ring, we might not have got the Austin 316 character. We might not have got the Mr. McMahon character off the back of that. You know, we, he's another one who's so pivotal to what we have today. Um, and I think he paved the way for a lot of wrestlers because he just looks like a normal bloke as well. Hulk Hogan was, you know, big, big, muscly guy. You, you could, you saw him out on the street, you knew he was Hulk Hogan. But if you yeah. weren't a wrestling fan and you saw Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's just a bold guy. <laughs> you know, not in not in the best shape, not yeah. ripped. He was just a bold guy that you'd find down the pub. Um, right. So my my third would be John Cena again. This is another one, as you can tell, mine have gone sort of through eras. Hogan was his era, defining wrestler. Austin was a defining wrestler of the Attitude Era. And then John Cena, 
John Cena because he's the last true star that WWE have, have created. Obviously, the last year and a half or so has been difficult to build stars uh, with the current climate and not being able to get out on the road and doing movies and doing chat shows and the late night show and all that kind of stuff. But Cena, Cena is the only, off the top of my head, since The Rock, nobody else has transcended wrestling like John Cena has. You know, he's he similar to Hogan similar to The Rock as well, has brought so many eyes on to wrestling that, that would not necessarily have, have come to look for wrestling through his Hollywood career, through just his presence, his name. He's a name, you recognise him, he looks like a star. Cena, there's a reason he was on top for, what's it been, 15, 16 years? I think, was it his debut around 04? Yeah. 03, 04, yeah. So um, Cena... Um, incredibly important. Love him or hate him. Same for Hogan. Love him or hate him. Cena. Cena's done so much for the sport. He's been, even when he's not been around, he's still been the poster boy of the company. Doesn't matter who the champion is. Cena is still the guy. He's still the top guy. There's, there's a reason he's held so many championships and is in as high esteem as someone like Ric Flair. Um, so yeah, Cena. And there's a reason why when he comes back, he's always straight back in the title picture as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then my fourth one's a little bit, um, a little bit out there. I don't know how many people you'll have had say this guy. He's another one who divides opinion, especially, especially recently. Uh, Chris Jericho. No, that's um, it's it's for different reasons. Obviously, he's not really defined a generation or an era or anything like that. But for me, anybody who can go as long as Jericho has and remain relevant throughout that entire time even to this day where it it may be for very different reasons now it may be because he's a crazy psychopath idiot um always putting his foot in his mouth and you know but he's he's always remained relevant he's always managed to reinvent himself um the list of jericho is hands down my favorite gimmick of all time in wrestling um the first ever undisputed champion he's made history Everywhere he's gone, um, he's helped as much as I'm not not massively into AEW. I think it was a great call having him be their first champion. He really helped get, I wouldn't say get eyes on it, because obviously they're not exactly close to WWE's numbers at the minute, but he was a good, recognisable face to get on that, on that first episode, to have leading the company. Um, yeah, he was a great wrestler. Obviously, he's, he's lost that now as well, but... Hogan entertained me, Austin entertained me, Cena entertained me, and Jericho. I think Jericho's probably, and this is a bold claim, the the greatest promo guy of all time. I mean, you won't hear any arguments from me with that. Um, I, I had him as my number one goat. Um, taking away his personal life, obviously, and, and, and some of the decisions he's made recently. Uh, I think I totally agree with you. He's, he's been so amazing at, at reinventing himself and, and getting the most uh, inane kind of uh, gimmicks and, and, and character traits of like a scarf or a sparkly jacket yeah. <laughs> or, or wearing a suit, getting wearing a suit over. Um, so, yeah, the, the other three, there's absolutely no fault in it. There are three people who carried not only a company but i'd say the wrestling kind of world on their back uh for for long periods in in wrestling so yeah uh, that's a a a very admirable uh mount rushmore 
Paul, how does it uh, how does it affect the the collated list? I think this is going to surprise you. It had no effect at all. Uh, again. <laughs> well, it, it has no effect on the makeup, but but Stone Cold Steve Austin is now one behind Ric Flair. Wow, Ric Flair was miles ahead for so long, mm. and now uh, and now Austin's just one behind, uh, and and which kind of cemented Hulk Hogan in fourth place at the moment. He's got a good good free votes ahead of the Undertaker now, uh, and John John Cena sneaking up on him. John Cena sneaking up on the four. Really? So, so um, who are the the four? Is it is it just literally the same ones what Chris had just played? Uh, no, the top the top floor are Flair, Rock, Austin, and Hogan. I mean, it, it, it's it's balanced out. That's the the four that we thought it would end up probably being. And over the hundred plus episodes we've done it, it's it's kind of worked out true. Yeah, I mean, Undertaker and Jericho were in that top four for ages, mm. um, but no, it, it has now started to settle into into the four you would expect. But it can all change. It always always changes. Yeah. And unfortunately it doesn't it doesn't affect the the greatest uh, um battle of Badlands history in uh in the Badlands screw job of Hog of uh Bret Hart and Shawn Mackles. No Battle of the Screw Job still thirteen apiece. That's that's so so close. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris um for your main topic we thought we would go with um People who are, are a one-time champion. Now I know we've we've spoken uh, in uh, probably before recording, but just for for the listeners' um, kind of um, knowledge, it's it's not particularly wrestlers who have only ever won one title in their whole career. It's just one run with a certain title. Um, so who goes first on your your Matt Rushmore of one-time champions? The second that you um, <clears throat> second you messaged me and told me what the topic was going to be within like i say within seconds eddie guerra okay. had to be um for various reasons um eddie obviously obviously we, we lost eddie far too young i think he still had such a lot to give the business um at the time he was my my favorite superstar of all time i was just filled with such joy watching Eddie, whether he was a heel, a face. Everybody says the same thing about Eddie. You couldn't hate him. No matter what he was doing, he brought a smile to your face. He made you laugh. He made you cry. He just made you love him. Um, one one of my most vivid wrestling memories will always be WrestleMania 20, that ending yeah. with he who shall not be named with, you know, old Chris Pinoir. Um he shall not be named, but then names him. Then he names him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it, and, and often what people forget is off. That was off the back of a really good match with with Kurt Angle as well. Mm-hmm. Eddie versus Angle. You know, you, we we remember that that moment at the end, how how the the ticker tape came down. But people don't give Eddie enough credit for his actual ability. They just remember his. A lot of the time, you remember his character and his tricks and how sneaky he was and how silly he was. But he was he, he was a he was a he was a good athlete. Not by no means the best, you know, up against the likes of Benoit and Angle and that. But um, yeah. So so Eddie Eddie would be my first one. Also that moment where where he beat Brock. Man, I will never forget that pop. I wish if I could go back and be at any one moment. 
um, in in wrestling history. I think I would go for Eddie beating Brock. It was that was incredible. How emotional he got, hugging his family, jumping into the crowd at ringside. Brock was so unconquerable at that time. Mm-hmm. And to see little Eddie again, he had to cheat and you know use the chair and whatnot. But um, even 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 Eddie's feud when he lost the title against JBL, even that was you know they had some decent matches there for. I wasn't a fan of J.B. Allen, not just because of his shit heel kind of character. I just wasn't a fan of the guy. But they had memorable matches, loads of memorable nonsense as well. And the whole, like, um, guarding the border to Mexico that J.B.L. did, that was brilliant. It was horrible, and it was awful, and it shouldn't have made it onto telly. But it was but it was brilliant. And, and Eddie, I don't think you could have done that storyline with, say, Chavo Guerrero or... No. The Mexicals, or you know anybody like that, Juventus or whatever. Because they didn't have the charisma, they didn't have the charisma to pull it off. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, people I always see. I think it was literally just a few weeks ago. Like, oh, who's who's the next Eddie Guerrero? I think I was actually. I think it was Meltzer said um, Will Osprey. I like Will Osprey. Mm-hmm. I like lots of wrestlers. There is no Eddie Guerrero. There is nobody else in this company and that company, AEW, NJPW, nowhere that makes me. Feel what I f- felt about wrestling when Eddie was on my TV. Yeah, it's a it's a solid pick, and and it, you could always rely on Eddie to make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit. I mean, remember the the Rey Mysterio uh, Dominic angle of uh, of having a, a, a paternity of a child settled by a, a ladder match. I mean, it made it yes. work. It, <laughs> it, it brought that emotion. Um, the stuff with JBL was absolutely hilarious. Taking the boot off to beat Kurt Angle. Brilliant work. It's, uh, I've always wondered what Eddie Guerrero would be like wrestling now. And I think he would be a, a bigger star than he ever was in, in the area he was. He, he was so ahead of the game in terms of uh, character, in terms of even in-ring style. He, was, he, he would... Fitting so well in today's wrestling uh, scene, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, imagine imagine the kind of matches he could have against your, you know, your Finn Balor's, your oh, Rey Mysterio. Still, even he can he he can go um, anyone from NXT. A Ricochet, Ricochet. Eddie versus yeah. Ricochet, That'd incredible. A, yeah, um, be a banger. You know, there's there's lots of obviously I won't say them yet, but there's lots of other names on my list, and even the ones that I've already said before, like Austin, Cena, Hogan, etc. You don't really see many people imitating those guys, but you see so so many wrestlers inspired by Eddie, like people like Sasha Banks, who regularly talks about him. Um, people wearing his gear, P- um, Ricochet. Funnily enough, we said Ricochet when he a couple of months ago did the whole um, faking the chair shot from I think it was Cedric Alexander. You know, we see Eddie's um, legacy carried on. Even how God was it about fifteen years ago he died? I think. Mm-hmm. Last time I genuinely cried at anything wrestling related. Yeah, like I said, it's a a, a really really good pick for uh, not one that I actually considered, and I'm actually kicking myself uh, for not considering it. Uh, but let's go to ours. Is it you to go first this time, Paul, or is it me? I'm not sure because I skived off last week, didn't I? You did skive off. We did mention your picks, though, which uh, I'm sure you'll you'll hear. I look forward on, to hearing on, that. On that bumper recording went went about three hours. Did it? Uh, I, I whittled it down to about two. Well, yeah, we, we were we were chatting for ages, um, so I'll let you go first. Then, if we're not sure, I'm going to go for um, the Ultimate Warrior. Oof. Mm. Um, I think someone 
you'd be forgiven for thinking was more successful than he actually was. Um, he only won one world championship, which is why he's I put him in. Uh, apart from that, he only actually won two two intercontinental championships uh, as a singles title. So not not as successful as perhaps his his legend would suggest he was, but he was just an absolute icon of WWF in in late eighties, early nineties. Um, it's easy to forget how how huge he was um, as a as, as a as a star at the time. Um, as a wrestler, clearly not the greatest, maybe not even very good. Um, <laughs> but as as a as a professional wrestler, as a sports entertainer, um, for, for, for a good what five four or five year run, he was a massive fan favorite. He was my favorite at, at a very young age. I won't give away what age I was then, but. Um, I was very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and like I said, uh, he one world title, two intercontinental titles. That's that's all he had to his name when he uh, when he entered the Hall of Fame in 2014. And still, in, like it's an incredible story that he, he passed away the next day after after putting to bed his uh, his uh, the, the two way resentment between him and WWE. Um, uh, with with that, that speech as well, with that speech that says everybody breathes his last, and and yeah, and he did breathe his last literally yeah. twenty four hours later. Such a prophetic speech. I watched it again today, and it, it is just crazy how it happened. Chilling, yeah. Um, but it's, it's like you don't you don't want to sound, um, make it sound disrespectful, but but it's like so in keeping with his character of the the character <laughs> character of the Elder Warriors. Like he was sent to Earth. Um, to kind of to kind of blaze a trail and excite people, and just tell a story. And once that story reached its happy ending, it, he was taken away from us again. Um, obviously, won the world title in one of the, one of the most iconic WrestleMania moments um, against Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania Six in Toronto. Um, but uh, like I said, he, he he's just iconic himself. Like from the, the frenzied entrance, the shaking of the ropes, the face paint, the tassels, the absolutely insane promos. Like everyone kind of remembers that era of Warrior um, fondly. And um, following WrestleMania, after that, obviously he defeated Randy Savage uh, in a retirement match and sent Randy packing for a few months at least. Um, but but infamously, Warrior threatened to no show that show unless uh, unless they upped his upped his wage. So uh, Vince upped his wage and then then happily gave him his marching orders. I think <laughs> a week later. But it's, it's testament to Warrior when 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 it came time for Hulk Hogan to leave the company, Vince went marching back to him with his tail between his legs and and he felt he needed the Ultimate Warrior, the only person who could replace Hulk Hogan at that time was the ultimate warrior. So he brought him back in a year later. Um, and uh, his, yeah, his, his legacy lives on. Like I say, he went into the hall of fame. They've even named a, um, I was going to say slammy, award. Uh, an award. Yeah. Is a hall of fame award after him. So the, the, the award for kind of ordinary people who do incredible things with the warrior spirit. I think the first winner was, was Connor, Connor Michelak. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's like I said, he's he's someone whose legacy is going to live on in WWF probably forever, 
and we'll always look back fondly on on that original run with the WWF, uh, despite all the stuff that happened after and kind of when he came back the third time and his WCW run, he clearly wasn't the same person. But but I think I think um, as a as a one time world champion, I think I'd have to put Ultimate Warrior in. I, I, I can't veto the warrior because he was my one of my grand's favorite wrestlers and yeah she would haunt me if i did that so <laughs> you have got the warrior oh, it's, it's making me shudder saying but you've got the ultimate warrior on a mount rushmore pole amazing i wonder that might be the first time Ultimate warriors got on a one of our mount rushmores achievement unlocked yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, Chris, let's go back to you, sir, for your second pick on your uh, Matt Rushmore one-time champions. Okay, um, so I actually I sort of lied before when I said that Eddie passing away was the last time that I'd cried in wrestling because the, the most recent time I cried in wrestling was very recently, uh, and it was Kofi Mania. So Kofi Kingston is is my second pick. Um, one of the hardest-working superstars we've ever seen. As obviously well documented that it took 11 years to get there um, to become WWE champion, something that he, you know, we, we always say, oh, this wrestler deserves it, this wrestler deserves it, but that's normally because you like that wrestler. They, yeah. Nothing nothing is deserved in, in wrestling, in pro wrestling, everything is earned, and nobody earned it more than Kofi. You know, I, I remember when... Um, Randy Orton wasn't it with the whole stupid 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 and then after that that was for a long time the end of Kofi floating around the mid card obviously the New Day saved him and made him relevant again we we have a running joke on our podcast where I constantly every single episode doesn't matter what we're talking about I will somehow find a way to talk about the New Day I bloody love New Day um, right. and a large part of that for me was as funny as Big E is as funny as Xavier Woods is um, it was the fact that it resurrected Kofi's career. Um, the whole story of Kofi Mania, yeah, it was pretty much a carbon copy of uh, the Yes movement. But I don't know why it just it just felt a bit more important. I don't know if it's because, you know, of Kofi being African, you know, the, the first WWE African champion. Um, I don't know if it was because I had more affection for Kofi because I've been watching him for longer than Daniel Bryan. But I just the booking, the booking of Kofi Mania was the last last time in WWE that I can remember. Really solid, good, entertaining. You didn't want to miss a second of it. Booking, uh, it was it was masterfully done. The way they brought uh, the way they brought Biggie and Xavier into it. The way they had them running the gauntlet. Kofi running the gauntlet. One of my favorite moments in wrestling history is the Usos stepping aside um, and letting the New Day proceed on into the, the final match against Brian and, and Rowan and that that's another one of the things like I, I can't remember the last time that a crowd popped like that obviously we I can't remember the last time a crowd did anything for about a year and a half <laughs> but um, the last the last time I vaguely remember people in an arena was uh, was Kofi Mania people going insane for that win I've never liked it when wrestlers win the title and then they milk it for what feels like half an hour. But I was just like, you know what, Kofi, take your time with your kids and with your brothers in the ring. It was incredible. Um, Kofi's a hell of an athlete. He, he should have won the title a lot, a lot sooner. And even without it, he had a, he did have a hell of a career. You know, Intercontinental Champion, many, many, many times over tag team champion. 
um, and even more time since, you know, since losing the title, which I didn't want to talk about, but let's talk about it. Um, losing to Brock in, what was it, six seconds was the match? No, nine. Yeah. Nine uh, yeah, seconds. I think it was nine seconds, yeah. He got one piece of offence off before before being left fouled. And like, the thing is, I, I really like Brock. Brock very nearly went into my like normal Mount Rushmore. I'm, I'm a big fan of Brock. I, I think he gets a lot a lot of hate directed towards him that he shouldn't really. He's doing his job, you know. He knows his worth. Um, but that, yeah, he knows his worth. He, he he knows he doesn't have to work 300 days a year and he can make 10 times what any other wrestler does. Why wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. You know, we any of us would do it. Um, so, yeah, that, that as, even as, as such a big Brock fan, that was... Only that was one of only two times I have ever hated Brock. The other one being in the 2020 Royal Rumble for the first like 15 minutes. Uh, but I think that was testament to how much I loved Kofi, how much he deserved it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Kofi Kingston is my number two. It's uh, another uh, stellar pick, and and that all came off the back of um, Mustafa Ali getting injured. So it was it was all yeah. pretty much the right person in the right place at the right time. Um, and as much as Fans give WWE grief for for not being able to book or um, or uh, storylines not not kind of uh, working out. One thing that they're always really good at is is booking like um, an underdog going into WrestleMania, uh, yeah. a, a feel good moment. You always seem to get that uh, kind of like uh, happy ending almost at a WrestleMania. And yeah, Kofi is one of the the best ones that they've had in in such a long long time. Yeah, definitely. It was, it, I mean, I assume it must have been pretty much booked on the fly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, yeah. I, I assume everything that was happening for Kofi was was the plan for Mustafa Ali, or or, or that's what it seemed. Do you think? Um, yeah. See, I'm not sure. I, I've I've never. I've, there's never been any sort of confirmation of that, has there? Well, I don't. I think it's one of the things we'll never know. Yeah, um, I can't imagine that story playing out the same way. Certainly not as as personal. You know, it, no, it would have been the same. Not. Oh, you're a you're a what was it? A B player. You'll always be a B thinky player. But um, you wouldn't have had like the involvement of the New Day and how emotional that was. You probably wouldn't have had anybody along the way trying to help Ali. Um, you probably certainly wouldn't have had the crowd support as well, because as, yeah. as good as Mustafa Ali is. He doesn't resonate with the with the fans as as much as Kofi does. No, and I think he can only have come from the reaction during the elimination chamber match. Mm-hmm. And you, you think in the latter end of the elimination yeah. chamber match, so yeah. something something's clicked in Vince's head there and gone, or someone's head. Yeah, let's do this. I'm wondering with the the booking leading up to it. I don't want to be unfair to Vince because I think he gets a bad rap as well, but he quite clearly has a handful of people he trusts to book not book themselves but have an input on themselves bray wyatt is one mm-hmm. the undertaker brock. I, brock and i think it's I, I get the impression the new day are those guys as well so i'm wondering yeah. if, if if kofi himself and the new day had a bit of a hand in writing those angles going up to wrestlemania not year done yeah. anyway i'm just just a speculate no, sounds about right yeah right i would imagine that they probably do yeah after like we said like 11 years of loyalty yeah, yeah absolutely makes sense 
Right, shall we get on to our second pick? Um, I've um, I took like a, a kind of a different kind of uh, approach to this than 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 you two seem to have. You've gone for um, one-time world champions, it seems. Uh, I've gone for like a mixture of titles. Um, so for my first one, I am I've got two who really stand out who I want to put forward. Um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Macho Man Randy Savage. So this is a, a wrestler who's had uh, one of the the most genuine Hall of Fame careers, uh, one of the most beloved wrestlers in the history of the business. Uh, wrestled for thirty two years in total, uh, had twenty nine uh, championship reigns with eleven different belts in in that tenure. Um, just. Accolade after accolade. He was the 1998 PWI Wrestler of the Year, uh, the 1987 Wrestling Observer and the PWI Match of the Year, um, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, um, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame, 2015 inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, four-time WCW Heavyweight Champion, King of the Ring in 1987, and um, two-time WWF world champion. But the interesting thing is um, he's inextricably linked with the prestige of a certain title, and uh, you'll both probably be able to see the title in the background of, of, of my screen. Um, he's, he's, he's so synonymous with with bringing the, the WF Intercontinental title to to the name of the workhorse title. He was the, you put it on your best wrestlers, not particularly the, the wrestler you want to be the head of the company, the people who, who you know you can uh, rely on to have the best matches on a certain card. And he only ever won that title one time, which is an absolute man blow. Um, <laughs> so... Quickly after he signed with the the WBF, uh, which was in in the June of 1985, he was instantly pushed into this uh, this mid card kind of workhorse uh, title scene, um, challenging uh, then champion Tito Santana for for the title. Uh, had a couple of uh, near misses in in uh, going for for Intercontinental gold, uh, but then he was able to uh, to prize the title away from the future El Matador uh, on the February twenty fourth, uh, nineteen eighty six episode of of Primetime Wrestling, uh, and this guy was uh, the epitome of a, of a fighting champion. Going back and and just doing the 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 maths on how many matches that this guy had was absolutely unreal. He defended the belt at pretty much every house show that the company did. Um, so he had a total of 188 defences of this title in a 414-day reign. Wow. Uh, and that 414-day <laughs> reign is the third longest in the title's history uh, behind uh, Pedro Morales and the honky-tonk man who had uh, 425 and 454 days, uh, respectively. Uh, he he defended it against the likes of uh, Junkyard Dog, uh, George Animal Steel, uh, Jake Roberts, and even Bruno Sabatino. I mean, the guy who was the, the, the top dog in the company for so many years. Uh, he, he challenged uh, Macho Man for that intercontinental title on the house circuit. Um, Do you know where that match was? What the Bruno Sabatino? Yeah, 
If he, I was in New he, York, that would have been a, just a humongous match. He, he wrestled him dozens of times, literally, like really? on the, yeah, he'd, he'd fight like three times a week and it'd be like Bruno Sabatino, Bruno Sabatino. Yeah, would, really, uh, going through his cage match, it took me quite a while because it's like counting how many matches he actually had as champion and, and was defending. Um, imagine how hot so, the crowd would be in MSG for, <laughs> for Savage and wow. Sabatino. Yeah. You'd think that that would be. Um, like a pay-per-view level match as well. You think that yeah, that would yeah. be something they'd want to push, but yeah, it was it was always house shows for some reason. Whether that was because Bruno um, didn't feel he was still up to to being like on TV. Um, but anyway, uh, match up. I walked into WrestleMania three as uh, champion, defending against uh, Ricky Steamboat, um, and then what we got was widely considered one of the best matches of of all time uh perfectly yep. uh um uh, set up by um uh, macho man and and, and Ricker to the point where there's reports that he went through the match detail by detail he was so kind of uh, uh retentive about how he wanted this match to go um he dropped the belt to uh the dragon um quickly would end up being in in the world title scene where we like i mentioned he's had two runs with uh the wf world title and then the infamous uh mega powers team with hulk Hogan, which uh ended with the the split with um with uh, elizabeth stuck in the middle so yeah uh, my one first one-time champion is a uh, Macho Man Randy Savage with the Intercontinental title. It's a, it's a great pick. And I, I'd, I'd assume he'd want it more than that. Yeah. I, I'm, I, as, as a big Macho Man fan as well, and someone who loves that belt, that particular belt that he had and ruined with Brasso, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought he had it more times than that. But no, one time Intercontinental champion. Well, shall, I tell you, shall I tell you why I knew that he was a one-time Intercontinental champion? Because it was on my list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So it's lucky I wrote down some extra ones because that was that was going <laughs> to be my uh, my final one. Savage, um, yeah, one of my favourite wrestlers as well. The the match of Steamboat, incredible. It's in my top five matches of all time. We've yeah, got no rules think... on duplication. You can you can yeah, duplicate well, you, if you want. You can you oh, can certainly okay. put that forward. No, for no, well, I wrote, as I say, I wrote down a couple of extras just to be on the safe side. So I'll, I'll go for one of them. Try and make it completely separate um i mean particularly for veto darren then then he's free to take isn't he yeah you can you can you can take it are you gonna veto macho man i'm not gonna veto because much like ultimate warrior i don't think macho man gets on many of our mount rushmores no and that's more shocking than warrior i I, we don't tend to talk about macho man much no i mean i think the last time we spoke about him was with foul and we were talking about how he kicked a dog yeah, not even to do with his uh, with his wrestling. So yeah, I appreciate that. It can stay on then. Yeah. Um, Chris, back to you then, sir, for your third pick. Uh, so this is another surprising one, I think. Um, especially, <laughs> it just makes me laugh looking at my notes because he held the title for one day. One of one of the very few um, few superstars to only hold the title for one day, and it's Kane. Okay. Um, one of one of the greatest big men of all time been been around for jesus far too long longer than i can remember probably it's, it's got to be around 30 years what what year was it that he debuted That's gotta, 96 gotta so you're looking about about 25 years then um yeah as i say one of the best big men ever great feuds with the likes of taker um some great moments and memories loads of funny tag teams i really liked what kane ended up becoming i loved corporate kane 
so many people <laughs> shit on that character. I loved Corbett Game because I loved the whole um like the split personality of it. The, when he would the, turn on, on Seth and things like that. I, well, I loved that. When when he was a, a corporate kid, there's a there was an image that went around Twitter and uh, it didn't get a lot of traction, but um, uh, it was there was like an interview or or a promo going on, and and you could see Kane in the background just working away on a laptop. He sat there in his uh, in his uh, shirt and his pants, and it was like it was customer service Kane. I think he only went round for like a couple of days, yeah. but that absolutely tickled that. me. <gasps> Um, it's it's absolutely criminal that he only held it for a day. Um, I don't even, to be honest, fully remember the angle, the story, or, or oh, why it even happened. Yeah. So what happened was he beat Austin in a, a first blood match, um, and it was because Austin got hit with a chair from the Undertaker. Uh, so then the day after on Raw, when Vince was doing like an unveiling ceremony with the belt, Austin said, "Yeah, you only beat me because you needed help from your brother," and then he offered him the. The the rematch. Um, well, I, I I don't have too much more to say about it to be honest because it was such a short title reign. There's no, <laughs> there's no highlights. There's no um, memorable matches or anything like that. It's just it's it's a crime that somebody who's been such a dependable worker. Everybody everybody who comes into WWE, you hear stories. They say how friendly, approachable, helpful the advice they've had from Kane. Um, I believe it was. Edge when he made his retirement speech and he said, "Oh, he's going to kill me for saying this, but Kane's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet." Um, you know, as I say, a dependable worker. Everybody wants to work with somebody like Kane. He's safe. Um, yeah, so that's that's a really short one <laughs> because it was a short yeah. reign. But yeah, good pick. definitely Kane. Um, it is a good pick, and it absolutely makes sense because I think the Kane character, especially at the beginning, it. It's not some something that you you would think needed a title, um, kind of like uh, the fiend, um, yeah. where they they kind of like just they they just don't need the recognition of being a champion uh, because they're so dominant. They're such a, a great character, and some of the stuff he did um, in terms of comedy, the stuff with RVD was brilliant. Team Hell No. Uh, the the stuff with X Pack um, when he was with Rock and Hogan with the Hulkamaniacs and the Millions and and the Kane and Arts yeah um, a, a really kind of a, um, a, a just a brilliant character and and yeah it's a shame he didn't get more title runs especially like later in his career I suppose yeah. I mean, yeah, he could, he could make any angle work, which, as you say, with that character shouldn't have been possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed the, because uh, obviously we've just had the Royal Rumble, the the moment he had the face-off with, um, I always forget his action, his new name, Punishment Martinez. Oh, um, oh Damien Priest. Damien Priest. Damien Priest, that's it. Because um, I've always kind of seen uh, Damien Priest uh, as, like, potentially the, the next kind of Undertaker. So, yeah, to, to, so to see them two face off felt almost like a, a nod to that that theory I have. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a, another really good pick, though, Chris. Uh, let's go to you, Paul, for potentially your last uh, pick on our Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Well, I've gone for a one-day world champion, and I've also gone for one of the best big guys of all time. But I've gone for Andre the Giant. Mm. Okay, interesting. Um, now, I mean, it's not even one day. 
he literally palms the title off instantly. Yeah. Not, not even a day. But as we've been frequently reminded in the past week, 33 million people tuned in to watch him win that title, mm-hmm. um, which is just testament to how huge, as you as you mentioned earlier, Chris, how huge Hulk Hogan was, but also how huge um, how huge Andre the Giant was as a character. He was he is the the greatest attraction wrestler of all time. And I don't, yeah. I don't say that to be demeaning. Oh, second to Terrible Ted, obviously. Um, Badlands favourite. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Unbeaten um, Terrible Ted. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I genuinely think, certainly certainly back at the time, Andre the Giant was, was very recognisable in, um, in uh, kind of like public, public culture, like, much like Hulk Hogan. Um, I think people would... You could have showed people a picture of Andre the Giant, and they'd know that was Andre the Giant. He obviously made moves in Hollywood as well, based off uh, based off his fame. Um, yeah, thirty three million people tuned in to see him win the world title off Hulk Hogan, and then, as you say, immediately pass tr- attempt to pass it off to Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. But unfortunately, this was this was deemed as uh, vacating the title, um, so neither of them had it. Um, but yeah, like throughout, even throughout the seventies before w, before WWF, he was a big deal. In nineteen seventy four, he was the highest paid wrestler in the world because every company just wanted him in to wrestle, just just to show off. People would pay to go see him, um, and he was actually kind of throughout most of his career up until up until um, another iconic moment, which was WrestleMania three. Where of course Hulk Hogan slammed him, in again I think it's in the the, the opening ident of every WWF show WWE show you'll ever watch. Um, it's, it's it's that iconic. But he, up to that point, he was pretty much a face, a really beloved face, um, um, that 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 the fans loved. And it wasn't until that program with Hogan he became became a became a bad guy. But I'm, I'm picking him much for much for the same reason as Ultimate Warrior. I think he's just so woven into the fabric of what WWF is, what it was back then when it really was in its heyday. 33 million people watched it, brother. Um, and he's iconic. He, again, similar to Warrior, he's got um, the Battle Royale, the WrestleMania Battle Royale named after him. Um, so, so his name's trotted out at least once a year, every year. He was the first inductee into the WWF Hall of Fame. Um, and in the year he was inducted, it was just him. Um, they didn't, didn't bother anyone else. I mean, he, he deserved that on his own. He's also in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. I mean, I've looked. He's in more Hall of Fames than he's ever had titles. Um, wow. <laughs> in, 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 in any company. So I think he's won like a world championship in some French company. But... Actually, he didn't actually collect many titles in his career. A few tag titles here and there. Um, but in terms of kind of marquee title, this was it. His one afternoon run with the, with the <laughs> WF Championship. And that's what I'm going to put him on. Because arguably, Andre the Giant should be on Mount Rushmore of wrestling anyway for, what he's, for, um, for how iconic he is. Do you know, Paul, that's some shithouse picking... Because how am I, how am I meant to have not been able to use a veto? How can a veto argue the giant? Yeah, I'm not. You've become way too political at this shit now. Um, yeah, I knew you'd I, like those two. I can't veto Andre the Giant uh, without him. Um, 
wrestling wouldn't be what it is today. Um, so it wouldn't. So yeah, I'll I'll have to not veto again. <laughs> oh my my veto trigger finger is so itchy. Um, <laughs> and as amazing as Hogan was, and I I think Hogan Hogan was on my Mount Rushmore when we originally did this right back at the start. He needed those guys to go up against. He needed larger than life characters. Yeah. To yeah. be against uh, Andre was one, Warrior was one, oh, Macho Man was one. Um, with, without without them, it just doesn't work, does it? No, you're right. Um, I so, think he's, yeah. def- he's another one that you you would assume has won more. Yeah, right. He's another one to put in that category. I I I, I had no idea. I, obviously, I knew that he had that very short reign, but I assumed that he had won it again. And like, and like Paul said, he, he didn't win a lot of titles anyway, and, and it's because he, he was the epitome of an attraction match. He didn't stay around in in uh, companies for too long. He was usually in for one or two shots and, and then off, off somewhere else. Uh, so, I mean, I can see the sense in him not having a lot of titles, but, yeah, you'd think someone of the stature of Andre the Giant would have would have won that, that title more than once. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, let's go to you, Chris, to round your Mount Rushmore off. So what's the, the yeah. last pick on your Mount Rushmore of one-time champions? Uh, one of the most popular superstars of all time. My hands-down favourite superstar of all time. He was my first favourite. He's getting harder and harder to like at the minute because he's becoming a bit broken down. But uh, Jeff Hardy is oh. where I'm rounding this off at. Won the okay. title at... Armageddon 2008, obviously beat Triple H and Edge. Um, everybody loved Jeff. Every is quite a similar thing to Kofi, you know, not quite as long a, a wait, but once he moved away from <clears throat> from being in the Hardy Boys and that incredible legacy of TLC matches, TLC 2 is still my favourite match of all time. Um, everybody loved Jeff. Everybody loved his character, his spirit, how he was a little bit different, a little bit out there. Obviously, he jumped off stuff, and that was the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I've always been somewhat of a a spot monkey, I guess. I, I I love anything. I love people jumping off stuff, throwing things at each other, breaking through things, um, and you could always pretty much count on Jeff for that. Um, he and Edge were really the guys that broke out of of the tag team wrestling scene when I was watching wrestling. Um, became big away from away from winning tag team titles, um, and I, I also really enjoyed what it what it led on to because nothing nothing is better than a personal blood feud, and when Matt screwed Jeff to help Edge win the title back off him, bearing in mind that this was fairly recently off the back of Matt hates Edge, the whole Lita affair, their blood feud leading into this blood feud. Um, all that nonsense about Matt burning down Jeff's house and killing his dog, and um, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying Classic. these words, but that's the WWE for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just it was another one of those really good, feel good moments. Jeff finally winning the title against all odds, especially against someone like Triple H and a star like Edge in that match. Um, Edge had already cemented himself as a as a top top player, a top guy at that time. Um, I Jeff was one of those guys I didn't think would ever win the title. I just I didn't think he suited it. Um, and unfortunately for me, even as even as a massive Jeff fan, um, I don't really remember his his title reign. To be honest, I remember very little of it. There, Jeff, I think he's one of those 
not really victim of his own success, but I think that's the wrong way to word it, but sort of he had so many great moments that I don't remember his title reigns. Mm-hmm. He jumped off so many things, Swanton through so many tables, he, you know, edge spearing him off the ladder and all that kind of stuff. I just don't really remember that reign. Um, he, uh, Grand Slam champion, he's held every title that there is out there multiple times, like six-time Intercontinental champion, I believe, obviously many, many-time tag team champion, recently US and Intercontinental champion, and I, I remember all of those quite clearly. You know, I remember most of his tag team title runs, I just don't remember his WWE title run, unfortunately, but yeah, that would be that would be my, my final pick, Jeff Hardy. A um, little bit biased because of how much I love Jeff, but I think it's a pretty solid pick. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, um, do you think that his, his title run was overshadowed by the moment he had with Undertaker uh, when he challenged him? Because when you think of Jeff in the world title scene, you think of that match where uh, you, you've got like uh, Jim Ross go on shouting, go on, kid, make yourself famous, and then you've got him getting like the, the rub from Undertaker afterwards. I think that's what overshadows his title run for me. Yeah, it put him on the map. That was... But because of because of the Undertaker's stature and, and the respect that he that he gains from everybody as soon as you step into into the ring or into the building with him, yeah, I think that rub that he gave Jeff was something that he could never really never really match up to. You know, someone like Cena who got that rub from from Taker so famously in that backstage segment, mm-hmm. Cena lived up to it. Cena had those sixteen title reigns, seventeen, whatever it is. But I think to be honest, like. It's, it's, it's the elephant in the room. Jeff's had a lot of problems. Jeff's yeah. had so many personal issues and personal demons that have halted his progress. And, you know, all, all the time that he spent away from WWE, if he'd never left WWE, he would likely have been a multi-time champion because he's popular and he's a merchandise seller. And you can yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a good-looking guy. You could put him on cereal boxes. You know, you could put him on merchandise. He... Obviously, had that stint with um, with TNA, which isn't really worth talking about, other than the Sting moment at Victory Road, um, <clears throat> the whole broken and woken nonsense with Matt as well towards the end in Impact. Um, yeah, Jeff um, Jeff sort of backed himself into a corner and really screwed up his own career. There's there's no two ways around about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's testament to his talent that no one's ever given up on him. Yeah. Vince Vince has always had a job for him if he's if he wants to work for WF. And even you mentioned the Sting moment there. Sting didn't give up on him after he so like um so publicly embarrassed him in that match. But Sting was there for him like a few days later and, and kind of helped him get back to back to the Jeff Hardy we love. So uh, people wouldn't do that for him if he wasn't supremely talented and, and, yeah, and I don't think yeah. he's just about being talented I think he's just I think he's just a genuinely nice guy you don't hmm. outside of his demons uh, um, you don't hear of him being like bad mouthed by anyone you, no. there's no kind of like stories of him being like a, a, a dickhead backstage or being like hard to work with and it's quite clear that Vince adores him and I'm yeah. I'm positive if if he didn't have these issues with uh with drink and drugs he would have been a multi-time world champion because vince was was more than happy he saw the star in jeff 
uh, way more than he saw the star in, in Matt. Yeah. My, my, my theory on Jeff Hardy, I'm not, I'm not sure if he, w- I'm not, I'm not sure if he would have been a multi-time champion. And my, my theory on him is, I, I think his, his A game was so popular, uh, like his wrestling style, that he never had to change it. Whereas, it doesn't suit the world title scene, kind of his style of wrestling. And we mentioned him earlier. Mm. You think about a Will Osprey, uh, and and look at New Japan. And at the moment, he's yeah, Will Osprey's famous for a particular style of wrestling, but he said to himself, I can't I can't be a world champion like this. So he's completely reinvented it. Whereas I don't think Jeff Hardy did that or there was any desire from the company or Jeff Hardy to change it at all, because why would you? Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it it's always gonna be what ifs because you'll you'll you could never know um because he did have those demons unfortunately and, and it's good to see him really kind of like working uh, and and really battling against them and, and hopefully winning against them and, and perhaps getting back to wanting a, at least one more title run before uh, his career's over. Be great to see. Be great to see, but um, he's, he's been hard to watch for me in the last year or so. He's, you know, puffing and panting within a few minutes of matches. I think his body's giving up on him a little bit, and that's probably from 20 years of jumping, of jumping off stuff and yeah, exactly. you know, throwing yourself face first into things. And obviously, like we say, all the, the drink and the drugs has obviously had an effect on on him as well. Um, I think he's still got a good mid-card run within him. Um, yeah. And I, I, I sincerely hope that after all the faith that Vince has shown in him, I do hope that he ends his career with WWE and maybe sticks around and does something else afterwards somebody like jeff could easily help revitalize the booking of the tag you know the tag scene definitely yeah, or, or, or even that, or even the the 205 scene because a lot of those wrestlers emulate jeff's yeah. style yeah. Uh, i think he could work really well with like the cruiserweight yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. probably grew up watching him yeah exactly um so let's Hopefully, round our Mount Rushmore off, Paul, uh, <laughs> with, with with my last pick. Um, and again, kind of like the, the the savage pick, I've gone for someone who's not really. Um, it's not about his, his world title runs, even though he had way more world title runs than than Macho Man did. Um, I'm going with the Undertaker for this pick. So, with the Undertaker, you're talking about arguably the best gimmick that there's ever been in the history of wrestling from pretty much the, the minute uh, he stepped into the company in 1991, he's been at the top of the card. He's been a, a big attraction. Um, and he's always been around the main title picture. So you're talking about a, a guy who's had four PWR Match of the Year awards, uh, two PWR Feud of the Year awards, uh, best gimmick uh, winner for the Wrestling Observer for five years straight. That's just how shows how much uh, this this um, character and the wrestler is loved, beloved. Uh, he's won uh, Match of the Year for the Wrestling Observer twice, uh, Feud of the Year. is in the Hall of Fame for uh, uh, the Wrestling Observer 2004 class. 
And when it comes to uh, his in-ring career, he's been uh, outside that the early years. He's been pretty much a, a, a company man for WWE, um, loyal to, to to a fault. Especially if you if you look at his recent comments about how he doesn't uh, he doesn't like what goes on in locker rooms nowadays. You can tell he's very much a an old school company man. He's, <laughs> He's won 15 Slammy Awards uh, total, which is five match, uh, Five of them have been match of the years and two moment of the years. He won the, the infamous, uh, and I'm going to butcher this because I didn't watch the actual show because it was in uh, Saudi Arabia, but he won the To Wake <laughs> Mountain Trophy, which is obviously high on Prestigious. His, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's high on his that's... list of honours. That's on his mantelpiece, you know it is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But he's also a 2007 Royal Rumble winner, seven-time tag team champion, three-time world heavyweight champion, and four-time WWE champion. But there's been one belt that he's held only one time. So let's go back to the uh, the invasion. We had the, uh, the alliance there were defeated. Uh, and Undertaker turned heel when he uh, when he forced Jim Ross to uh, to join Vince McMahon's Kiss My Ass Club. Uh, and it's a, around this time he also kind of did uh, one of those infamous changes to his character, uh, doing uh, going to the big evil persona where he cut his hair short, started wearing a bandana, uh, and then we get to Vengeance of two thousand one, um, and he took on Rob Van Dam for the WWF. Hardcore title. Oh yeah! And after a brutal match, uh, Big Evil choke slammed RVD from the stage uh, through a set of tables to to become the 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 new Hardcore Champion. And it was his only reign with that with that infamous title. Um, he actually held the belt for fifty eight days, which makes him <laughs> the sixth longest in the the history of the title, which is absolutely mental. Um, he held held that belt all the way through his famous uh, mini feud they had with Maven uh, when Maven eliminated him from the two thousand two Royal Rumble, um, which got him a, an absolute whooping all the way around the stadium. Um, then when we get um, Rock uh, mocking Taker for being eliminated by, by Maven, um, the still champion uh, Deadman uh, started to interfere in, in, in uh, the Rock's uh, quest to be uh, the, the world champion and, and made him lose a number one contenders match for that undisputed title. Um, so in turn, the Rock cost uh, Undertaker his hardcore title in a match against Maven. Um, so after that, um, Taker wasn't really interested in, in getting the, the hardcore title back again. Uh, I have no idea why with the prestige of it, but he would uh, he would actually go on to uh, force Ric Flair into a match because Ric Flair got himself involved in, in, in the, the feud with The Rock and, and Undertaker, and he beat up uh, Ric Flair's son in the build-up. Uh, which eventually forced Ric Flair to 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 face uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania 18, um, adding to the the, the infamous uh, WrestleMania streak of, of Undertaker. So yeah, for for my second pick, I'm going with a uh, the one-time Hardcore Champion, the Dead Man, the Undertaker. It's definitely out there, isn't it? <laughs> it is an out there pick, isn't it? Is, is, is it too out there, Chris? Yeah, um, no, I think I think 
I'm I'm in a stunned silence. I don't really know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go off on a tangent and throw the cat amongst the pigeons. I've never never cared for Undertaker. I've never never particularly got the hype. You know, I I, un, I understand the longevity and obviously the streak. Um, and I was a fan of uh, the American Badass, but that was mostly because I, I was into like Limp Biscuit at the time, so that sort of appealed to me. Um, and I like motorbikes, so. Yeah, I, I just I never really bought into the into the hype. I didn't even know that he'd been hardcore champion. I remember the Royal Rumble and the elimination and Maven and all that, but I just don't remember him holding that title at all. It's a hell of a pick, hell yeah. of a pick. I I'd, I'd forgot I need one the hardcore title till you mentioned it. Well, just just did. just while just while I think about this, um, fifty eight day length reign with that title, <laughs> sir. Well, you said you said he you said he was. He won the best gimmick five years in a row. What five-year period of The Undertaker did they? It was certainly not this gimmick. It was the older gimmick. Uh, I, you know, I didn't write Ministry. down the years, but I can... Yeah. Yeah, I think I, th- I think it was the earlier years. Be interesting to look at that. Right, I'm going to veto it. You're an arsehole. I knew you were. He's won so much, The Undertaker, and the hardcore title doesn't even... Yeah, but that's, he... that's why he's only a one-time champion. Yeah. He raised the prestige of it and then went on his merry little way. Yeah, but there's people who are like 30-time hardcore champions, so so he's a shit <laughs> yeah. hardcore champion. Like, like Raven. <laughs> yeah, but his 58 days is longer than people who had, held that title dozens and dozens of times. Combined. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna veto it. And I'm gonna veto I've got someone who's won more more titles than The Undertaker. <laughs> I'm going to veto your veto. I'm you can't veto my rules. veto. You're going to hate me. I'm going for The Miz. I yes. actually had The Miz. I had oh, the did Miz you? Down. Did yeah. you? Okay. So I don't feel so bad then. So, it's, so The Miz won 19, um, 19 titles with the WWE and two Money in the Banks. He's current Money in the Bank holder. So he might he might not be valid for this list before long. Um, but you know, I always like to play play it risky. I played a risky with Kota Ibushi a while ago. Um, yeah, but of those 19 titles, uh, eight Intercontinentals, two US titles, um, like I said, two Money in the Banks, numerous tag team titles, but only one World Championship. And, and shockingly, over 10 years ago, he won, he won mm-hmm. that world title. Yeah. Um, and I, one of the reasons I put him on here is, A, I was actually surprised he's not won it more than once. Uh, and I'm surprised it was that long ago. Um, and he won it on an edition of Raw. That was it. the mad thing. It was on an yeah. edition of Raw. Yeah. So, so, so Randy Orton had just beaten Wade Barrett, and he cashed in his money in the bank on Orton to win the title there. Um, he would go on then to um, defend it against John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania 27. And the Miz was quite a, still quite a new, new guy at this time. Well, mm-hmm. he'd been in the WWE about three years, maybe. Yeah, I think it was in it at the beginning of about 2006, but only as part of um, um, the uh, Tough Enough. Yeah. And then he came back in in like mid-2007. So to come in as a reality TV star, essentially, and be main event in WrestleMania between three and four years later is huge. And The Rock, again, looking back at this, The Rock doesn't get... As much anywhere near as much stick as Hulk Hogan gets for WrestleMania Nine for essentially upstaging the Miz and John Cena at the end of WrestleMania Twenty Seven. No one ever criticizes The Rock for that. It's 
it's bizarre. But um, yeah, The Rock essentially helped The Miz def- defend the championship by uh, by rock bottoming John Cena, and then uh, he gives he gives the, the Miz a rock bottom after the show and stands tall at the end. And The Miz was just used to promote <laughs> The Rock versus Cena the, uh, the, the next ne- year. The year after. <laughs> the year and after. Then- that was only once in a lifetime, but then they did it the year after that as well. So, yeah. <laughs> so he really kind of set up three years of WrestleManias. Yeah. So, so the Miz's big Mania moment, and and it and it still remains to be his big WrestleMania moment, was completely ruined and overshadowed by The Rock, uh, who's who's on our Mount Rushmore. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was actually 160 days as as world champion, um, and he eventually did lose the title to John Cena. Um, but you know, in the decade following, the Miz has gone on to be such a huge superstar. He is, yeah, he, he is the must-see WWE superstar, as he as uh, he calls himself. Um, ran an illustrious career. I'm I'm, I'm betting he's going to have a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Oh, without a shadow of oh, a doubt. Shadow of a doubt. Um, he's similar to Macho Man. Uh, his his runs with the Intercontinental Title have been the best. Intercontinental title runs of the last ten years. When he has that title, he makes it mean something. He makes means it makes it valuable, and he's also held it at times when Brock's been hiding the world title. <laughs> so it's it's yep. at times he's had to hold it, but essentially as the main the main champion, mm-hmm. and he's yep. done fantastic work with that. Um, he he's just the, he's he's just the pure sports entertainer package. Um. He's constantly one of the me- the most entertaining things on Raw. Um, great partnerships through the years with John Morrison, which he's now kind of revi- re- renewed and revitalized. And he's in this feud now with Bad Bunny, which is gonna it, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be huge. I like most people don't know who he is, but I gather he's a big deal. Um, uh, yeah, great partnership with John Morrison, Damian Sandow. That was a massively Incredible. entertaining partnership. Yeah, Alex sure Riley. Is. Show Miz. Show Miz, Alex Riley, R Truth. Uh, um just brilliant partnerships throughout his whole through his yeah, whole um run. Tams tag team champion total. Yeah. And the feud with Daniel Bryan, which started when when Miz was on the No, Talk Daniel Miz. Bryan was on the original NXT, not the Miz. It seems weird to say that yeah, the, Miz, was, the Miz, Miz was Daniel uh, Bryan's mentor. Yeah, he was his mentor, yeah. <laughs> but the Miz was yeah. Daniel Bryan's mentor. <laughs> and people say that WWE can't do long-term storytelling. Damn, yeah. yeah, that was huge. It was incredible. And, it took so long. And that talking smack moment is, well, one of the most famous WWE moments of the last, again, of the last 10 years, I'd say, when uh, when when the Miz calls uh, Bryan a, a coward, and yeah. basically baits him out of retirement. Um, he's just he's just gold. He's gold on the mic. He's really smooth in the ring. And it's I think we're going to look back if he doesn't cash in this money in the in the bank and win the world title again. We're going to look back and think how the hell did he never win more than one world championship? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, it's a it's it a good veto. use of yeah, it's a good use of the veto. I mean, this is a guy who's had twelve movie credits. Uh, 36 TV credits is on a massive hit show with with him and his wife. Um, yeah, he he is. If if anyone has become the crossover star after the Rock and Cena, it's definitely the Miz. Uh, multi-time 
uh, winner of, of pretty much every title apart from the world. The world obviously um, it's a, a really good pick and one I had. I had in my back pocket. Oh, I was I hoping to well, upset actually. you. I did as well. <laughs> I think I so. He deserves to be there then. Unanimous. Um, and like then, and I think he's the he's still the second longest accumulative reign, isn't he? As um, intercontinental champion, he's only behind. Uh, Morales, and it's only by a few days. So, literally, one short title reign would make him arguably the greatest intercontinental of all time. Statistically, I'd I'd I love think, that. I'd count for that. I think he's also second in the number of reigns behind Jericho. I think Jericho's on really? yeah. one on behind nine, nine and eight. And- and he's on eight, so you you know Vince the vindictive uh, <laughs> arsehole that he has. He's going to put that title on on the Miz at least a couple more times. Uh, he loves writing people out of the the history books. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have uh, pawned up uh, the Miz uh, for a potential veto. The other one I had, uh, and it's another way out of the box, was actually the Nasty Boys. Um, they were only ever WWF Tag Team Champions one time. Uh, really. In- yeah, one-time uh, champions, um, three-time uh, WCW uh, champions. But yeah, they uh, they beat um, uh, Heart Foundation at WrestleMania Seven, uh, and then they dropped the belts to uh, LOD at SummerSlam '91, and they st- they stuck around the tag division, uh, but they was never ever tag team champions again after that. It's crazy. Who were we talking about the other day? Was it the Rockers? Never won it. Well, they 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 won it once. Um, but it was uh, it, they, they basically the, the the match was struck from the records and they went back to um, Brett and uh, Anvil, and it was all because the the ring rope snapped, and um, uh, Sean assumed that someone would come down to fix the the rope, so he had uh, Brett in a in a headlock for about four or five minutes. No one come down, so they just played it off and and, and did the match as it was uh, meant to. Um, and then he he assumed they'd just fix it in post because it was a uh, recording uh, on a house show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then they got the phone call saying uh, <laughs> that the, they were having to give the titles back uh, oh. to Brett and and and, and Anvil, and they were just uh, striking it off the record. Those two were just intertwined through their, <laughs> their yeah. whole career, weren't they? Pissing just, each other off. Yes, yeah, just wrecking each other's careers. <laughs> I wouldn't have vetoed the Nasty Boys because that that I didn't know they'd only been once, and I didn't I didn't even think tag teams at all. So that would have been an interesting one. Well, I don't think you thought anything no, outside the world titles. I didn't. I didn't, to be honest. See, no, same. Like Another one in my back pocket was Jericho. Obviously, when he um, unified the titles, first ever undisputed champion. I love yeah. that run as well. I absolutely loved that that Jericho run with both titles on his shoulders. Yeah, it's great. It, yeah, it looked the part. Absolutely looked the part. Yeah. Considering the guys that he beat in that night, Rock and Austin, um, everything he did since, all that reinvention that I said earlier, his feud of Shawn Michaels, one of my favourite feuds ever. Um, still my favourite debut of all time as well. I think easily the greatest yeah. debut yeah. of all time. With with uh, without a shadow of a doubt that that's my favourite debut. Uh, debut. I absolutely loved that. I, I, I watch it a good few times a year, and I still get like goose pimples from it. It's so so good. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only other one I had was was Pedro Morales again, uh, one time world champion. Um, we yeah. Talked- so- he, he was very much uh, the intercontinental uh, level yeah. guy. Yeah, well, but we we talked yeah. about it a few few weeks ago about how he was the hand-picked successor for 
for Bruno San Martino and, and, and did a decent job of it as well. Um, so, so he had one rain, but it was massive. I think it was over a thousand days. Yeah. And that was in between yeah. two massive Sabatino reigns. Yeah. Over, like, over like 12 years, there was like three champions. <laughs> and now you get 13 champions in a one-year run. Yeah. I, I prefer the way it is now. Yeah. It's, or maybe, well, maybe not quite as... Yeah, a bit of middle ground, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, what we need from you now, sir, is a, a topic for a future guest. What kind of Mount Rushmore would you like to hear uh, a guest debate on? Uh, right, yep. So, whoever you've got next, it will be a Mount Rushmore of British wrestlers. Oh, uh, oh, that's come with. up before, but uh, this has been a, a massive influx of British wrestlers. Uh, who have kind of made waves since? So yeah, it'll be interesting to okay, let me, I'll revisit what, I'll, that. I'll change well, that we, a little bit. We had British someone who wanted Trump. that in particular. Um, who did we speak British to the other Trump. day? Who wanted the British wrestlers one? Um, I have to go back and listen to him. We yeah. do that many episodes. <laughs> it was oh, Chris Perish. Graham. Chris oh, Perish from uh, from Love Wrestling. Oh, right. He said he wanted to do British wrestlers with us. I know. I got a message off Graham Miggs that he wants to uh, uh, do, I think it was wacky gimmicks or something like that, or, or outlandish gimmicks. Or... Good. That's going to be good fun. Yeah. So <laughs> go on, Chris. If you, are you, do you want to alter it or, or are you happy with staying with uh, British wrestlers? We'll go, with, uh, we'll go with British champions. Let's mix it a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's good. British champions. So... Um, Thanks for, for being on the show, Chris. This has been absolutely amazing. Uh, you've really knocked out the part with, with your Mount Rushmore's. Uh, let all the Badlands listeners know where they can uh, find you on social media, where they can find uh, It's Our House podcast. Uh, let them join the It's Our House party. Uh, so basically everywhere that you can find anything, we are at It's Our House pod. So we're on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok for some reason. Um, wow. we are obviously just it's our house podcast on YouTube anywhere that you, you get your your podcast from Google, Apple Spotify, whatever it might be uh, yeah that's that's where you can find us um, on Twitter I'm at PWCDs and my co-host Carl Farrell, Fazza uh, he's at Thazza's Thoughts yeah definitely go and check out uh, it's our house podcast it's, uh, like I said at the beginning it's it's the the show's only been going for a, a, a few months and it's it's really diverse, really interesting content. So yeah, definitely go and uh, check that out. Paul, it's uh, your favourite time of the week. Can you nail an outro without me needing to edit? Probably not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can the main place you can find us if you if you if you want to have a chat and tell us about your Mount Rushmore's uh, is on Twitter. Obviously, um, he's over at. Dej Kirkby, D-E-J Kirkby. I'm at Rain Counter, and we're both at Badlands Pod. Get on there. Let us know what you thought of uh, of the Mount Rushmore's tonight. Who had the best Mount Rushmore? Was it Chris with Eddie Guerrero, Kofi Kingston, Kane, and Jeff Hardy? Or was it the Badlands boys? Boys with a Z, because we're hip. Uh, of the How Ultimate Warrior. The <laughs> Ultimate Warrior, Robbie Savage. Robbie Savage? <laughs> Robbie Savage? Yes, please. Let's make that happen. Yes. That- uh, yeah, change it. I'm, uh, yeah, Robbie Savage is going on. <laughs> Robbie Savage, you must have won a title at some point. Randy Savage, uh, Andre the Giant, or the Miz. 
Um, I'm not editing this outro now. Robbie's having his stain <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore. I don't think we're on Instagram because we're not photogenic and we're certainly not on TikTok because neither of us can dance. Um, <laughs> but if you, like this, if you like the cut of our jib, you can find loads of podcasts, particularly with his voice on and some with mine on. Um, if you go to your podcast, favorite podcast provider and and subscribe to Five Nerds Go. Um, subscribe to Shooting the Sportsish. If you subscribe to Visionaries Global Media, and most importantly of, of all, if you want to catch the newest, brandest, spankingest, newest uh, Badlands episodes every Thursday, Cheer Shot Radio. So go, yeah, go, 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 follow all those. You have loads of good content from from ourselves and from loads of other great creators as well. Um, until next week. Uh, stay safe as always and always use your head thank you very much good night TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.